This is Hair Therapy, cultivating the conversation around hair and scalp health. I am Kate, your host, and as a hairdresser, educator, and a trichologist, I am obsessed with all things hair. Whether you're interested in optimum hair and scalp health or have a hair or scalp condition, we have expert guests who are specialists in their field on a variety of different treatments and solutions, along with inspiring real-life stories. Perhaps you're looking to support someone who's had a hair or scalp concern, or you're a hairdresser who would like to know how to better support their clients. I am here to provide knowledge and information to help. Think of this as your very own audio resource library for you to pick and choose what is useful to you. I'm so glad you're listening today. Let's navigate hair health together to learn and grow. Welcome. Hello. Today on the Hair Therapy Podcast, I have with me Sheridan Ruth. And Sheridan is from Canberra in Australia. She has suffered from hair loss herself for years, and she has developed a positive mindset and strategies to deal with her condition. So now she is an alopecia mindset coach and has a unique approach to this, including using yoga for hair loss. So welcome, Sheridan. Nice to meet you. Hello, nice to be here. I'm excited. Thank you everyone for listening so far. Thank you for giving your time up today. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How has your year been? You've probably had a different lockdown experience to me. So how have you dealt with everything? Yeah, that's such a great question. My year has been the two polarities of the lockdown experience. I have lived in Colombia in South America for almost 10 years. So I was in Colombia until March and COVID is extreme over there. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of restrictions. And in March, I decided to come back to Australia and live in this city that is basically a town And COVID essentially is non-existent. We have had our first mandate for masks in enclosed places literally three days ago in the entire. That was a good move then. Yeah. So loving COVID free life here. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a little bit more restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. It was very difficult to get here doing quarantine and everything, but yeah, really nice to have done that. So tell me a little bit about your business. My business, it was basically born from my experience with yoga therapy and yoga psychology and the way that I found that helping me with my self-esteem, with my confidence, with how I was relating to my hair loss and my body image. So what I do now is I take these tools that I've learned from personal experience living with alopecia and practicing, and I take the academic experience that I have and the training that I have, and I help other women who have hair loss kind of embrace the journey, live it with more ease, find more confidence, get more comfortable talking about their hair and make decisions about 
how to manage their experience with a hair loss from a grounded place instead of a place of discomfort or anxiety or impulsivity and urgency, right? Yeah, I do it with one-on-ones. I do it with groups. Uh, I have the next group opening next month. It's just a beautiful thing. That's a good point that you made about urgency because I think there's a lot in that. And I know from my, well, basically I've done yoga before, so I'm not an expert, but I have done it. And obviously the whole mindfulness side of it. And it's funny that you say that sense of urgency, because when we're in such a world as we are, where everything's immediate and we want everything now and everything's available to us, hair loss in itself is a very slow progress and recovery from hair loss can be a very slow process and also very unknown. And if you're trying to want everything fixed now, it's not going to work. You are just going to set yourself up for disappointment, aren't you? And no one's ever kind of used that word urgency before, but I think it does sum up how people feel when they notice their hair's going, you you would think, I need to do something about this now. Yeah. And a lot of the time you can't. Or even if you do, even if you start to do something about it, you're not going to see results straight away. It's not going to happen overnight. In the society that we have become accustomed to living in, we don't practice patience. We're so used to it and our whole world is set up so that we can Amazon Prime everything the exact way that we want it. In the moment that we want it, we have the internet, we get the exact answers, we have these podcasts instantaneously. So we haven't practiced sitting with uncertainty and COVID has showed us how uncomfortable we are with uncertainty. It's caused a lot of anxiety, naturally, understandably. You see uncertainty in so many different ways in your life. You see it in relationships. You see it regarding your health. And hair loss is, especially when you're dealing with something that is like an autoimmune hair loss or a hormone hair loss, where there's no one specific event that is very clear that you can fix. It is the epitome of dealing with uncertainty. You have no idea what the cause is, but there could possibly be one. You have no idea what the time frame is, but there has to be one, right? So you don't know what you're going to look like. You don't know how you're going to feel. What? How is that going to affect your work? How is that going to affect your relationship? Everything in your life becomes uncertain. And the only way to get through it is with a sense of ease and patience. By the sounds of it, everyone needs to work with you. Um, I certainly do. I don't like uncertainty. I have to say, this pandemic has shown me a lot of things. I've definitely learned a lot and I've learned a lot about myself and how I am a very doing person. So having enforced times of not being able to do did send me into a bit of a blind panic, I have to admit. I feel like I've learned a lot on how to handle unexpected changes but I still don't think I've mastered accepting uncertainty. Yeah. I don't know if we ever do master it, though, do we? Well, I suppose we can't, can we? Because then you'd be able to plan for it. And the whole point of uncertainty is that you can't plan for it, I suppose. Yeah, we can't tick the box. 
you must have only started your business here quite recently then or were you doing that before? It's like the classic story of many online businesses right now. Before COVID, I was just teaching yoga and doing kind of health coaching on the side, personal development coaching with people in the town, in the city that I was living in. Very casual. Quite happily. Yeah, just floating along. And, you know, in, in two days, that was taken away from me. And I went into lockdown for four months alone. And I originally began just offering yoga, more kind of for mental health, anxiety. That's always been my specialty for goal setting, um, growth. And I I began just offering yoga and continuing with my one-on-one clients. And then oddly enough, because I was posting more on Instagram, I noticed that all these like alopecia accounts were following me. And I was like, oh, there's this whole world out there. Wow. People kept asking me, like, can we work together? Can we do this? Do you have a class for this? What tips? And then I realized, you know how you always kind of wonder, like, what's your thing? What am I very good at? What's my specific thing? You know how you always kind of wonder that in the back of your mind. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, this is my thing. This is what I'm very good at. Your niche. Yeah, exactly. That's the word. This is my niche. And they just all just kind of came together. And it's been really amazing. I've never heard of it before to do exactly what you do. But if people are wanting it and they're asking it, then you know that there is a market for it. There obviously are people that are interested in doing it. It's not necessary for a therapist who specializes in alopecia to have had it because everyone deals with it in their own way. And my experience might be massively different to yours. But I still do think that having experience with hair loss yourself must put you in a better place to understand and work with other people with it. We'll be back after a quick break. Are you a professional in the hair industry? Do you feel confident addressing clients' concerns around the hair and scalp? Would you know what to do if your client began experiencing hair loss or had to go for chemo? Would you like to support your clients mentally and physically through troubling conditions such as hair loss? The Hair Therapy Hair and Scalp Salon Specialist course will make you a standout industry expert enabling you to navigate these difficult conversations and elevate your level of client care, making all your clients feel well looked after and in the hands of a knowledgeable expert. This one-day unique insight into the world of trichology will help you raise your standing within the community and offer your clients more. For more information, Visit my website or check the link in the show notes. Let's get on with today's episode. Yeah, I think I would fall into the same kind of belief as you. And in that same way, I recognize my limitations. And I can objectively understand what it is like to have hair loss from, let's say, chemotherapy or a scarring alopecia. I can objectively understand that, but there will be nuances and differences that I don't get. Mm -hmm. 
And so I feel like it's just layer upon layer. And even in saying that, I started losing my hair when I was seven years old and I'm 28 now. I'm positive that there is another 28-year-old out there who also started losing her hair at seven. And we probably relate to it in completely different ways. Mm-hmm. So it's so unique. You'll never get someone who just totally 100% gets it. But I've heard some difficult stories from other therapists who, you know, they have their certification in the ACT method, the acceptance method. But there will be maybe tiny little things that they will say that just showcase that they don't totally understand. For example, things that I've heard from clients is like their therapist will be like, oh, don't worry, it will grow back. Yeah. Or isn't it great that it's growing back? And it's like, well, not necessarily great that it's going back. <laughs> what does that even mean? I know they're trying to be positive, but if you have spent months with someone trying to tell them that it doesn't matter that they don't have any hair and that they love the person that they are, then you can't at the same time be like, yeah, you get your hair back now and just go back to normal because that contradicts what they've already said. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And also, like you say, it's not necessarily great that it grows back because it might grow back in one place and then you might lose it. So, Like it's not, you know, oh, it's growing back now, it's fine, you're fine. Go back to normal life. That's not how it works. Yeah, and I think it's also like, It's something that we have to be very careful with because if we get really, really excited and we only hold excitement when it grows back, then we're reinforcing to ourselves subconsciously that we need to have it. Mm -hmm. You can be excited and be happy and be like, oh, that's, isn't that nice? While at the same time being like, oh, and that is neutral. It is neither good nor bad. It, It just is. And when you can hold that neutrality, then you're creating more resilience inside of yourself. Yeah. Kind of see it that it's a positive thing for your health, but whether it happens or not, you're still going to be okay. Yeah. 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 But then, yeah, like you say, it is so hard. I've spoken to a lot of people where even their friends and family have, they've either lost people when they've lost their hair or people have not engage with them and kind of left them alone because they're scared of what to say and you can kind of understand it if even some of the therapists are kind of saying the wrong thing occasionally I'm sure your friends and family are probably terrified to say the wrong thing or they're bound to say the wrong thing but we're trying the best of intentions don't we to say stuff but it is tricky yeah It is. It's heavy. That's why it's important to, like, that's why it's great that you're doing this work, finding people who understand it and creating a directory. That's why it's important that we have these resources Mm -hmm. because the more people that we can find all over the world who just get it a little bit more, the easier it's going to be for you, for your friends, for your family, for your workplace, for your community. And, you know, like I said, for me, what you do is something completely new to me. So it's very exciting. If I can introduce that to a few more people, then great, because that might be the perfect fit for someone who's tried dealing with it on their own or tried 
different type of therapy or tried medication and actually finds that working on a more kind of mindset aspect of it really helps them. If it's been this difficult for me to kind of find people and I've been actively searching, it must be really difficult for people to know where to go if they're just the average person who's just got alopecia, they're in a bit of shock, they don't really know what they're even looking for. Hopefully, if they can find the podcast, then they'll know about more things. That in itself is obviously going to take time to spread as well. But the more we can get to help us, the better. So people can find what works for them. And if we can help them do that, then it makes us happy. (laughs) Well, it's a better place. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What do you find then most common when you're working with people with hair loss? What do you find comes up most often? Do they have any common questions or worries? Yeah, it depends kind of where you are. But the biggest one that comes up is usually just how am I going to deal with this in a way that I feel empowered? How do I feel good? But how can I do little little things? How can I take a selfie and feel good about the selfie? A lot of the people that I work with, it's more about, we'll kind of fall into two buckets. One bucket might be like, I just want to be able to show the person that I'm dating or my partner what I look like and feel good about what I look like. Like I want to break through those uh, beliefs that I have around not being able to be attractive without hair or with patchy hair, or with thinning hair. Mm -hmm. And then usually there's a lot of like emotional release and rewriting of beliefs that has to be done because we've obviously been taught that hair has a certain value, right? And once again, it's a neutral thing. Yes, it can be healthy. And we all know that we can be healthy without hair. We all know that. We all know people like that. So it kind of falls into either that bucket or there might be someone else who feels like they have a little bit more to give and they're like, okay, I feel very like hair loss has been something. I've kind of gotten through it a little bit. Like I feel like there's just something more inside of me, but I don't quite have the confidence or the understanding of what that is to take it to the next level. Whether that is like sharing my story or wearing my hair less or being more creative. Like how do I take what I've learned and what I'm experiencing with my hair loss and how it's made me stronger and take it into the next world. And that just is such a broad subject because everyone's dreams are different. But I will say that there is something that I've noticed that is unique is that we are all very empathetic people. Yeah. We are all people who understand, who have compassion and who hold something deep inside of us that is wisdom to many, many other people Mm -hmm. because of what we've been through. Whether that is, I found my first ball patch two weeks ago, or I've been living for this with this for 50 years and no one has known. God, that must be awful. But I'm sure there are people out there that have been living with hair loss for 50 years and not told anyone. Yeah. And that again, I think is, it is such a different thing because like you say not everyone even wants to share their story and some people do want to keep it very private because you kind of do both don't you sometimes you wear a wig and sometimes you don't wear a wig yeah and I think both are valuable yeah and 
there's a lot of people on Instagram that I kind of follow with alopecia that do the same. They're like, oh, there's me with a wig. And then another day they're like, I'm not wearing a wig today and are very happy to share that. But obviously not everyone is going to be happy to do that. Even taking a selfie with confidence, whatever that means to you, whether it's wearing a wig, whether it's a headscarf, whether it's no hair, whatever it is. And just to go embracing how you are. And day to day, so you have probably better days and worse days, right? Yeah, I haven't thought about my hair loss in a long time. <laughs> no, I just, I, I struggle. I honestly, and this is actually a problem that I find when I'm not working very close with clients, sometimes I forget what it was like. I just forget. It's so far away now. I remember I read something and it was like, oh, somebody, I read a comment on YouTube and someone said, oh, bald, bald women are ugly or something, something along those lines. And I just remember thinking, well, that's not true. But in a very, like if someone had said, yeah, the sky is purple, I would have just been like, well, that's not true. I don't know. What world do you live in? And I think back to, you know, those days when you would read those things or there's like those things, you just feel like that emotional charge. And I just kind of realized, I was like, yeah, I don't even care. (laughs) You've made a bit of peace with it. Yeah. Well, to me, that's the same kind of thing as if someone said, oh, fat women are ugly or short women are ugly or I'm five foot two. So there's probably loads of people that don't find that attractive. Yeah, But then for any person that doesn't, there's probably another person that finds that very attractive. So, but then they're not for you, are they? You know, general sweeping statements like that, in a way, when you're in a good place, I think you do end up, you've got to feel sorry for that person because what are they trying to achieve by doing that? Yeah. It's not helpful. It's not kind. It's not constructive. It's just spouting poison into the world isn't it for no reason yeah and like it makes you wonder you know okay well what would happen they're in for a shocker if they lose their hair like can you imagine that yeah and then all of a sudden they're like "Mm -mm." yeah oh in a little way I hope they do but no let's let's be nice to everyone let's not do you find that you get a lot of like negative comments on Instagram or is it quite few and far between it's really few and far between I think I've always been really lucky I've never you know I'll have things every now and again uh where I'm like well we have a different opinion (laughs) but that's kind of it you know I know that maybe everyone has a quota to fill and I did my quota when I was being bullied in high school But now I just, and I've, I've also been very lucky kind of in love and everything with my partners. It's always been really a positive experience, but I definitely noticed that when I was more insecure about it, there were more moments, you know, it's like the more insecure you are, I noticed a direct correlation when I was uncomfortable, it showed up in my life and people would say things now that I'm more comfortable, it just doesn't happen. Or maybe I'm less sensitive to it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you're not picking up on it so much. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I have seen some on other people's accounts and it's not nice. No. So when you were in high school then, did you wear a wig? What did you kind of do? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I started wearing, oh gosh, back in the day, like (laughs) almost 20 years ago, I started wearing what was called a hip hat, uh, which was a half synthetic wig with like cotton or something very hot in an Australian summer and a bandana or a hat over it. And I wore that until it got to the point where it was very clear that my hair was not coming back. And then I got a freedom wig when I was about 11, maybe 12. And I've been wearing freedom wigs my whole entire life. I really like them. Are they like just a human hair, nice wig? Yeah, like a very good human hair. I've never met another wig, which this quality of human hair, you treat it like human hair. And they're the silicone base. Mm -hmm. So the con of that is that the hairline is not like a lace hairline. You can't see like each individual. It's not like a lace. So that's not great if you're looking for a really realistic hairline but it's suctioned to your head so they make a mold of your head with a 3d scanner and then the wig is that size so being a child that was amazing yeah because I got to run around and act like a kid god imagine if you were trying to just play and do normal things and you just have to be so worried all the time that it was that would be so annoying yeah So that was a really good option. So how important do you think hair is? In general? Yeah. And it's a tough question, isn't it? Because we're kind of saying, well, it is, but it's not. I think that if you have warm clothes and a good deodorant and you have tissues to blow your nose, you don't need hair. Hair is made to keep us warm. Hair helps us not get sick by protecting our nostrils. It helps us for inner ear infections. If you're able to sweat and our eyebrows are made to help protect our eyes. I don't want this for anyone, but if you ever do get to the point where you start experiencing hair loss around your eyes or in your legs or in your arms or in your nose, you're going to notice that it's colder. And that's annoying. It is annoying especially like if you live in the UK, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. But it's not that important. Yeah, It feels important. Like that is a fact. That is a truth. That is a thing that we can tangibly look at. We will not die if we lose our hair. Doesn't mean that we haven't been conditioned to believe that hair is important. And because society constantly tells us that it is, yeah, it's going to be a really, really, really big loss. And a really, 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 really big switch to change to believe that it's suddenly not important. And maybe I'm saying this and somebody else is going to be like, no, Sheridan, what's your crazy? That's fine as well. But objectively, it is not going to hinder the way that we can enjoy our life if we look at it with the right mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose it's it's up to you, isn't it, how much you're going to let it stop you from doing what you want to do. Yeah, and the contrary, you know, it can happen and it's a really awful thing to happen. It sucks. And the strength that you gain from it, the tools that you gain from it are going to serve you in every single thing that you do. Yeah, definitely. It can only make you stronger. So when the people come to you, what do you wish that they had been told or they'd been offered? How do people find you? And why are they coming to you? Do they come to you quite early or have they not got 
what they needed from other people and then they've come to you? It's both. I've had clients who have come to me and just said, it's just started happening. I want to make sure that I deal with this in the right way. Which is probably the ideal, isn't it? I think that is ideal. Unfortunately, is not the most common, mm-hmm. right? That is ideal. If you can do that, whether it is with me or whether it is with somebody else, do that. Get your mindset straight. Understand how it is impacting you before you go and spend thousands of dollars on wigs or treatments or subject your body to things because side effects are real. And you want to be able to choose from a place of groundedness what you want if you want to pursue those, right? Yeah. So definitely, I think that's the first thing that we need to do. Unfortunately, that is not common practice. When you go to the dermatologist, they don't sign you up with a little counselor and get it going. But I think that's the best thing you can do and the same for your family. However, most of the people that I work with, and maybe this, hopefully this will change in the future as industry changes, are people who maybe have been experiencing hair loss for a while and They've tried a couple of things by themselves. Maybe they've tried going to a therapist. Maybe they've tried just kind of getting over it and just pushing through. Maybe they've been to a couple of yoga classes or something to help them. And they're finding that they're stuck, right? Maybe they're like understanding cognitively what is going on, but there is something that is not clicking. It's like that need to go deeper, that need to like release something or move something or get something and then that's what we do together we move it we get it we release it so what advice would you give to anyone experiencing hair loss right now apart from obviously come and talk to you (laughs) (laughs) yeah so get the mental health support like definitely do that 100% um like we just said talk to me but Overall, I think I would suggest that you set up some type of supportive routine and daily self-care because no matter how you're experiencing it, what you're choosing, you're going through something that is difficult. Number one, you're dealing with uncertainty. Number two, you're grieving. It's a loss. You're grieving in the same way that you would grieve the loved one. You're grieving something that you loved. And it's tricky because it might come back. So it's this funny grief. So what I usually recommend is just to set up like a body, mind, soul routine every day, do something for your body, get in your body. A lot of the time we want to avoid being in our body and that is not going to support us in the long term. The more connected we can be with our bodies, the more confident and the more attractive we feel. Body and then mind. So what can you do for your mind? Is that meditation? Is that journaling? Is that what's going to help your mind? And then soul. What kind of nourishes your soul? What is your soulful connection? Do you have a connection to spirit or a religion or some type of, if it's just the universe and this understanding of, I don't understand the universe, that do you look at a sunset and just say, oh yeah, is it spending time with your dog? Is it praying? Is it meditating? But find a way every single day to do something for your body, your mind and your soul. That way you can keep grounded and then you can make decisions from a grounded space instead of that place of urgency, yeah. Might even just be getting outside and going for a walk or sitting in the sun for a little while listening to the bird, which I don't do enough, to be fair. Yeah, you're right about the sun. Like sitting out in your balcony even, I did that during lockdown. 
like making a point because you know sometimes you'll just be like oh there's the balcony because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really bad with that with my garden I don't really use it as much as I should and I'm trying to make the effort to actually sit outside I could sit and have a coffee or read a book or listen to a podcast or music or and I don't do it enough and when I do it I think why don't I do this yeah I had to trick myself especially during COVID and I would say like I have to do this specific work thing so I'm just going to take my laptop outside to do it because I found it so difficult to push myself to do it that I said oh well at least I'm being productive you know and then I kind of trained myself to understand how good it felt to sit in the sun yeah and then you crave it yeah even if you go for a little walk sometimes it's quite nice isn't it just to clear your head and yeah or dance to a song yeah I think this is the problem when you say set up a self-care routine I think a people don't realize how beneficial and important that can be even if it's 10 minutes a day and b I think people think oh it's just another thing I have to do and they think it's got to be this big elaborate thing and it really doesn't yeah and in saying that I think that it's also an invitation. If your self-care for your mind is saying no to somebody, yeah. say, oh, can we just do that next week? Because this week I'm really busy. Honor that. That's your self-care. It's creating space because we constantly want to keep being busy because we also have this belief that the busier we are, the better we are, the yeah. more we're doing, the more money we'll make, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is not true. It's not true. It overwhelms us. It doesn't make anything easier. No, and then you know as well that if you're doing everything 110%, you will end up, you'll be less productive because once you get exhausted and you get tapped out, you're not working to your full potential anyway. So you're doing more, but you're going to achieve less and it's going to be worse quality Yeah, because you're not at your best when you're doing it anyway. Yeah, it's true. And the more I think we can share that, when I used to work for someone, I would say, I can do this now or I can do it tomorrow and it's going to be much better because I'm going to rest. And obviously everyone's going to choose tomorrow. They understand that. And you can strengthen your relationships when you say that, hey, I would love to talk to you about this. I'm really tired and I want to give you my full attention. Would you be willing to catch up tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Like it can be really, really good. Yeah, I think you've got to sell it in the right way, haven't you as well? I think that's the problem when you get tired. You're obviously very good at this. Practice. But you don't tend to be like that. You tend to be like, oh, I don't want to deal with this now. Or, oh, leave me alone. And that gives a totally different energy. The other person goes, oh. Yeah. So whereas if you actually explain and say, well, look, it's going to benefit everyone like I want to. But then people go, oh, I'm getting a better thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like subtle sales. Yeah. (laughs) yeah so how do you think covid is going to affect your business going forward uh you know I always wanted to get online with my work and I'm glad that covid pushed me to do that maybe I'm being naive I don't think it's going to I think it has influenced the way that I look at my life if covid hadn't occurred I would just be still doing very casual yoga in a city in Colombia. And I never would have got to do the amazing work that I do now. 
I have been asked to do local workshops. There's just not enough people in a city to do it. I don't know, maybe in London or York or some really big city. So it's just never been like on my radar because I need the numbers that the internet provides Mm -hmm. to be able to do this. So I think I'm really lucky to say that or naive to say that it's not going to. But funny, you said you don't think it's going to affect your business, but you think it has affected your business already. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same for me. Obviously, lockdown was horrific and it's been really hard, but it's definitely has forced me to do things that I would never have thought of doing before and made me make massive changes in my life for the better. And it's made a lot of people in hair and beauty industry really reevaluate how they work and look at, am I pushing myself too much? Is this too stressful to be fully booked all day and not have a break and work 10, 12 hours a day? And I think For me, definitely, I can say that I have also got a lot of positives out of the last couple of years as well, which is really kind of strange. But in a way, I'm kind of glad it happened, which sounds really weird. But I know you don't want to say that. I know. Yeah. But I have tried to take the positive out of it. Mm. So by the sound of it, so have you. So we're, we're working on our positive mindset. You know, what's really fantastic about that is that COVID was a massive, massive example of uncertainty, right? And just before you said, oh, I'm really difficult with uncertainty. And this is another example that will show you that you're actually really good at making lemonade in uncertainty Mm -hmm. when you're given lemons, right? Like you're good at it. You did it, which means you can keep doing it. Yeah, we did it. Yay. (laughs) Yeah, we're doing it. We're trying. It's not over yet. <laughs> not quite. Yeah. But there is a classic thing as well, isn't it? I'm sure you get people that say, oh, I could never live without my hair or I could never do what you could do. And maybe you would, you know, you might surprise yourself if you had to be put in that situation. You might be surprised at how well you do cope, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So what is your favourite yoga pose? Oh, um. You know, I love this one. You know, my favorite yoga pose is downward facing dog because it is this one yoga pose that you're given at the beginning. It's very hard. It's very hard. And no matter how advanced you get, you can keep adding onto it and keep feeling different alignments. You can keep feeling more awake to the different like subtleties in your body. What are your abdominals doing? What is your pelvic floor doing? What is your breath doing? What are your triceps doing? It is in my opinion, one of the most advanced yoga poses when you're doing it in perfect, perfect alignment. It's my favorite one. So keep doing your downward dogs. Interesting. Interesting. And obviously from an alopecia point of view, it's getting blood flow to the head. Yeah. So you're also helping your hair loss at the same time, in a way, feeding your brain with the nutrients. Yeah. <laughs> helping you calm down, lowering your nervous system. Yeah. It's an amazing pose. But no, you're right. It looks so easy, doesn't it? But when they say, oh, we're going to stay here for five breaths, I'm like, (gasps) really? Oh, okay. Is there any time that you can feel where you've done a session with someone or you've spoken to someone and you just feel like you've really, really helped them or you've made them have a massive shift? Yeah, there was a really amazing client the other day and... Some of the work that I do, we do from a meditative space. So we kind of have a meditation and a conversation at the same time. 
was interesting because a lot of the time what we find when we're experiencing hair loss and we have an indecisiveness about how we want to deal with it. Do I want to take off my hair? Do I not want to take off my hair? Why am I being so harsh on myself? She looks good without her hair, but my head would be shaped differently, et cetera, right? So we create all this stuff. So we do what I call parts work and it comes from integrated family systems, which is psychology method that came out from the 1960s, I think, the 50s. Anyway, so we find these different parts inside of ourselves and we're able to create a conversation and trust in between them. Sometimes what I've noticed and what's something that happened in the past couple of weeks was this specific client, she had a really strong inner perfectionist. Everything had to be perfect. And this inner perfectionist came from her experience school where she was told to be a good student and to look pretty. And her mom told her, oh, make sure you do your hair, wear nice clothes. Before the family comes around for dinner, you have to look nice. Make sure you do your homework, right? In order to feel more comfortable with her hair, we had to address this inner perfectionist and help the inner perfectionist feel comfortable doing something differently than what she was taught to do when she was eight years old. And it's been really amazing because we talked to the imperfectionists, we dealt with that, we kind of cultivated this conversation and we didn't even think about the hair at the time. And then yeah. like two days later, she, there's like that one person that you never want to tell about your hair. She messaged me, she's like, I did it, I told them. I was like, who did you tell? <laughs> she's like, them. And, I was, and she was just like this, this big, she's like, I'm just overcome with joy because of this. And I was like, all we did was deal with that inner perfectionist. And yeah, so that's just, was really beautiful. But I think women in particular, we do have this thing, don't we, of being a good girl. And it's so hard because I say it myself to my daughter and I hear myself say it sometimes. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to say that. But then at the same time, we obviously want the best for our kids. We want them to do well. Of course, you can't help it, I suppose, as a mother that you want them to look pretty and nice. And it's so hard to kind of not to instill that in the wrong way. And it's also how you absorb that, isn't it? Because someone else might have just gone, oh, yeah, thanks, mum, I look pretty. And it not be such a big, big thing that they carried with them Mm -hmm. that whole time. But this whole kind of good girl complex is so ingrained. And like the good girl it makes sense a lot of the time. If you think about it, this specific example, she cultivated the inner perfectionist, which has helped her greatly in her career so far. Mm. It helps her a lot. That is a good part of her. We just need to learn when do I use the inner perfectionist and when do I use another part of myself? It's handy to encourage those parts in your kids and in yourself mm-hmm. and swing between them, play with them. Yeah, but it is nice sometimes. I think it takes someone else, doesn't it, to make you see something from a bit of a different perspective or even realise where that actions come from. Yeah, yeah. Like for anyone listening, I think the best thing to take away is to stay curious with those parts of yourself and be non-judgmental about them. Just stay curious with yourself and what's happening. Perfect. Yes. And I think... Like you say, if you're curious and you think, why am I doing that? You're not being hard on yourself and being like, why am I always doing Like there's a very different energy, isn't there, if you approach it from a curious state to if you're kind of berating yourself or being judgmental about it. If you're just looking and saying, why is that? 
you might have that kind of realization without having to punish yourself for it or it be wrong yeah when you have these reflexes they are almost you're protecting yourself aren't you when you're in your comfort zone and like you say you could have a lot of success out of that when you do stuff you're trying to do it for your own good aren't you you're not doing it to punish yourself as such it just when does it work and when is it not going to work for you yeah that's it that's also an element of confidence just knowing which part to choose or where to choose it having enough self-trust in yourself that you trust yourself to show up at work with an element of perfectionism and you trust yourself to take off that hat when you look at yourself in the mirror wouldn't that be nice if you could get home and kind of just take off all those worries that's what we try yeah yeah when you take your coat off put it on and leave it with it like hang it yeah put it in a glass yeah oh that would be nice wouldn't it interesting so people can work with you online then they can do coaching for positive mindset yeah We can work in two modalities. One is with movement integrated into each session and one is without movement integrated into each session, depending on how you're feeling. And it's all on my website. So if you go on my website, you'll see the offerings that I have. Sometimes I'm enrolling in a group and sometimes I'm only enrolling one-on-one. It just depends what my schedule is. And I'm really working on creating more free resources for people, for new perspectives of way to look at your hair loss and going into a little bit of the holistic mindset realm of Hellas so we can get a little bit more educated, stay a little bit more curious, which is exciting. Excellent. Excellent. I think it's been very interesting and I love the perspective that you have on this and I think it will help people because I think like we said at the beginning, actually physically there can be very little, if anything at all, that you can do regarding hair loss and it's so funny to think that something so physical that you would need to go so into your mental capacity but I think working on your mindset and your positivity is going to actually help quite a lot so it's really interesting and I've really enjoyed listening about this so thank you very much yeah thank you for having me on really genuinely thank you for doing the work to find all the different people from the corners of the globe to get everything together to create a more mm, positive space like one of my guests said a couple of weeks ago the world is a huge huge place but it's also really small at the same time and luckily we have things like the internet now so we can connect Let's hope we can share the positive message with everyone. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, bye. (laughs) Thank you, bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Hair Therapy Podcast. Please share this show with anyone who you think might benefit from it. Don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show. It really helps me grow and reach more people. Until next time.